Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 264 of Dogcast Radio, which is all about what it's like to foster dogs. Being a dog fosterer is a very important role, which is hugely rewarding, but also highly emotionally charged. Today's guest, whose name we're not revealing, spent years fostering dogs who belonged to people fleeing domestic violence. These people were desperate to get to safety and to get their beloved dogs to safety too. My first question was how she got into fostering in the first place. Our own dog, uh, Chester, our beloved Chester, died, passed away three and a half years ago. Mm, I'm sorry. Um, And the experience of losing him was very traumatic. And we weren't sure whether we could face having another dog, but we really missed having canine company around around the house. So I had been involved for a long time in cat welfare and realised just with any kind of animal that needs temporary shelter that fosterers are, are a huge shortage yeah. And maybe we could look into fostering. Um, so we searched around for some of the, the, the best schemes and the best places and the best ideas. And we came up with one which supports people who were fleeing uh, from domestic violence. Mm. The idea being is that uh, although they're mostly women, some men actually do do face the situation they're reluctant to leave home because they don't want to leave their pets behind so certain Mm. pet charities stepped in thinking if they could offer these people a lifeline and take care of their pets in safety then they could flee and start a new life and their pets could rejoin them at a a later date once they've got their lives sorted out so I thought that was a brilliant idea so these dogs that we had were not ownerless. They had very loving owners mm-hmm. whose life had to had fallen into chaos and that we could help them, support them, have a new life and return the dog to the family home. And I thought that was a brilliant scheme. So yeah. we signed up. Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't, it, it certainly wasn't ex- experience it wasn't exactly what we were expecting, but it turned out to be a very rewarding experience. Um, yeah. yeah. We had quite a lot of dogs in the end. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet. But I mean, it is a wonderful thing to do because not only are you giving the dog a refuge and a safe place and and caring for them, as you say, you're giving the the person involved such peace of mind. And goodness knows they need some peace of mind at that that point, that at least their best friend is in a safe place and being looked after. And then they can set about, you know, as you say, getting their life back on track. Yeah. But yeah, and that's that's, yeah. that's a wonderful support for them. Exactly. You know, the way the scheme operated was obviously the control of data and information was of huge importance. Yeah. It's all about security. And the less you know, the less you're at risk. Um, because some of the dogs had been targets in the in the family home. Wow. Um and the abuser would think nothing of targeting the dog to hurt the owner. So it was very uh, obvious right from the get-go when we explained to us that security of information, certainly online, was the key to making this work. So we've not been able to tell 
anyone apart from very close family and friends that we were fostering these dogs for years. I, I dare say some some casual acquaintances of mine thought it was very weird that we've not had a dog since our Chester passed. But since I've been able to start telling them that, yes, we, we've had all kinds of dogs through the house, <laughs> it's, it's actually been a bit cathartic, you know. Yeah, yeah. To be able to say, yes, we, we, we have had dogs, a lot of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you yeah. have, haven't you? You really have. So let's talk about yeah. something, the, the the cheerful side of it, the, the mixing with the dogs. Yeah. So so tell me about and what dog stands out most in your mind, do you think, the, of all the ones that you've had? Oh, um, I think they, they all of them had their own little unique ways, but there, there were some that were absolute favourites. Um, we had a, a Parsons Terrier. Yeah. He had developed a behavioural trait, which wasn't his fault. It was the result of the abuse in the home. Yeah. But it was one that we were quite set up for in the, in the fact that he hated uh, anyone going near the front door and he would fly at the front door. So we had to have a baby gate. But once he'd been here a while and he relaxed a little and he realised, you know, look, that we were OK. And he was here for a long time. He was here for about eight months. And he was a uh-huh. Effectively, as as settled as our own pet in the end, yeah. um, but Bino we used to love um, because he had a foot obsession. He used to love licking the bottom of your feet, and it doesn't matter how much you tried to stop him or what precautions you took. He would get in there if there was any sign of the bottom of the foot. He actually crept in the shower with me one day while I was showering to lick my feet. Bino um, was. A- but you know, was a real character. Um, oh, we also we also had a husky mm. who would uh, who was uh, you know quite challenging because I think as any husky owner will tell you they 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 are dogs that do demand a lot of maintenance and a, a lot of care. But he immediately he got here and as soon as he got in the door he started a molt um, and I think it was it was a stress molt. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and and literally the the, the whole. <laughs> house was covered in fluff he would shake himself and the whole the air would 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 be a plume of fur and that went on for weeks it seemed no matter how much i I brushed him but he would uh settle quite happily on the sofa after his walk and watch telly but he'd get a certain time in the afternoon when he thought all right that's enough rest um, and he'd start to do the zoomies on the wall of death all around the living room. <laughs> and if you happen to be dozing on the sofa, as, as sometimes people of a certain age do in the afternoon, he would he would literally leap in the air and land square on your chest and knock your wind out <laughs> and say, come on, it's time for the park. Oh, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> so you knew that you had that dog around. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, wonderful, wonderful memories, wonderful memories, yeah. wonderful dogs, you know. Yeah, but how lovely to give them the space and the time to sort of reclaim that, those little personalities that they've got and that they felt safe enough to express that with you. That's lovely. When Whenever they arrived, and they arrived through a few different circumstances, sometimes they had been with a different fosterer. Sometimes they had been kept in the kennels for a period of time. Sometimes they had literally come straight from their owner as, as he or she fleed. And no matter how they arrived, they always spent a few days doing what we call decompressing. Um, mm. they've, they've come from a very stressful situation, transported, you know, probably from the other side of the country. Because that was another thing that we, we were told is that none of these dogs were, were local. They'd all come yeah. from a long, long way away two or three hours on the motorway sort of distance. And they were sort of thrown into these new surroundings with these new people. 
and they would be a little bit sort of hyped up and hyped yeah. up from a long long journey and and strange circumstances so once they they kind of established quite quickly that they were actually safe and they were not going to be mistreated or you know they they were not in any danger they would sleep and and some of them would sleep for days and that is just literally a coming down from a high yeah you know from a stress high and you don't really see their start to see their proper character we felt at least for a week maybe two weeks mm. and, and sometimes a month afterwards uh you you start to really get to know the dogs yeah. um but that that was part of the joy of it because you saw these personalities blossoming in front of you yeah. um yeah. and and it was lovely to feel trusted you yeah. could see that the dog was trusting and the 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 other odd thing is that we were warned when when we first started these dogs almost all of them had had a, a negative experience of men mm. and we were warned that they would be wary of men and that my husband should be cautious but what we found is that after a period of time when they had begin to open up is that my husband was probably the first man in their life who treated them well and was decent to them. Yeah. And they all formed a very strong attachment to him, yeah. um, more so than me. Oh. You know, by the, by the end of the placement, my husband, he, would, he, would, he used to say whatever kind of dog we were here, you know, he would be King Pug or, or King, King Chihuahua or King, <laughs> King Spaniel because they, they literally worshipped him. Yeah. Oh, they would, they would, he, he's the type of person that will, will that will sprawl out on the sofa in the evening watching a movie and the dogs would, would look for that and they would climb on top of him and fall asleep on him and he'd be draped in dogs all evening you know <laughs> um, and they wouldn't do it to me for some reason oh. I don't know why <laughs> um, that, that was one of the things the, the insights from, from fostering that I found most interesting is that even when a dog has been through bad circumstances, if you treat it well, it will trust you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is quite remarkable, you know, how dogs will eventually forgive you. And and to be able to offer them the safety and the space and the fun, because we take them places and we do things and we take them to the beach and we buy them an ice cream on the pier and things like that. And we take photographs to send to their owners, you know. Uh, they, 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 it was like they had a holiday. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, in in some ways, you didn't get a holiday then, did you? Because some of them had issues. I know you, you've mentioned um, toilet training could often be an issue, couldn't it? Yeah, we 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 had one little dog. I think it was a Chihuahua Cross whose biography when the when when the charity were taking in accepting responsibility from owners for the dogs, they would take a fairly detailed biography, and we discovered that maybe eighty percent of those biographies weren't entirely honest. <laughs> because I think that, that their owners were so desperate for help, they were trying to put the best possible gloss on their dog. Yeah. But we found out this little Chihuahua Cross had never had her own garden, so didn't understand that the garden is to go toilet in. Oh. So we would take her in the garden and stand out there for ages, sometimes nearly an hour, and she would hold onto it and hold onto it. And the minute you got back in the flat... <laughs> yes. She would she would go toilet on, on on the living room carpet, you know, in the kitchen, wherever she felt like it, and, yeah. and that was that was hard. That was a, a difficult situation. Yeah, yeah. 
we did ask the charity if they had another postura that perhaps had lino or, or wooden floors, but they didn't, yeah. you know. So we, we luckily she wasn't with us for too long. But whether she ever was house trained, I don't know. Um, I suspect not, although the owner was insistent, yes, she was. Yeah. I thought, well... How can you toilet a dog at like 10, 11 o'clock at night before you go to bed? Are you actually going to put your street clothes on and walk down a flight of stairs and take the dog to the park at 11 o'clock at night? Um, so I suspect that little doggy wasn't a house trained. Um, yeah. yeah. But how, how, like do yeah. how do I know? How do I know? You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things you can only surmise at. Yeah. But uh, I, all of them had their little quirks, yeah. you know. <laughs> but oh. that, that was one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you had like a wide variety of dogs didn't you because you've you mentioned the chihuahua you had pomeranians um a cavalier yeah. spaniel um staffordshire bull terriers you had a lot didn't you yeah american bulldog we had several little nondescript things um <laughs> they were they were bichons were, were quite popular but bichon crosses as well um, mm-hmm. but what they were crossed with was anyone's guess it was a breed that we couldn't really relate to we looked mm-hmm. after them well and whatnot but we, we we didn't we didn't get much back from them in return there was no um one one of them i think may, maybe because of stress and the fact that he was a, you know really um bonded with his owner yeah. but one of them you know would just sit in the corner and wouldn't play wouldn't engage mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't appear to be distressed. He just didn't appear to have any character. Oh, you know? yeah. He would, he would, he was eating and drinking was okay, and he went for a walk okay and whatnot. But when he came down, he just, he was just like a little machine that switched off. Yeah, um, See, and we tried yeah. really hard. Yeah, see, Bichon, I mean, I'm, I'm only going my star. We had a Bichon freeze, and she was always very cheerful and very tail up and very come on, bring it on, world. You know, I'm I'm ready. But she would also take herself off. She was quite self contained. And whereas our Labrador, you know, would always be with us all the time if if given yeah. the choice, she would often sort of go right. I'm going to go and sleep in the bedroom where she had beds, you know, and I'm going to go and lie on my bed in the bedroom away from all you noisy lot. And I'm going to have. She did need. You know, me time, her time, you know. And I'm just wondering if, yeah. if Bichon freezes can be quite self-contained, I guess. And if, if it's all going wrong and going a bit mad and I don't know what's going on, maybe they do just sort of shut down a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we had this one dog that I was describing was one a pair. Yeah. And and he had, uh, I don't think it was actually a blood relation, but he had effectively what was a doggy sister, a doggy yes. adopted sister. And she was a Bichon cross, but... What she was crossed with is anyone's guess, but she was really tiny. And she, as I, as I have experience with, with very small dogs, is that she, they like to climb. Yes. They like to, they like to be high, I guess, for a protection thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doggy psychologist, but she was a dog that needed to climb, and she used to climb and sit on top of the back of our sofa. <laughs> And our sofa is is one that it has a frame, and then it has back cushions, you know, yeah, um, yeah. padded back that 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 move that you can remove and whatever. And she would get on top of the sofa, and she would fall down between the frame and the back cushion, and we'd just see this little head poking out, <laughs> and it was sort of you know, uh, oh dear. We'd better fish her out before someone you know sits back and flops back in the <laughs> chair and. Squatters, yes, yeah. Chihuahuas like burying themselves in things. Yeah, we had this chihuahua. Yeah, that we 
were always thinking that we'd lost, always had us in a panic for the first couple of weeks. We couldn't find her anywhere. Yeah. And we would find that we were, we realised that she was burrowing underneath her blanket in her bed. Hmm. And it looked like there was nothing in her bed, but she'd actually got burrowed in underneath all the bedding. Oh, wow. And you'd call her name and then suddenly the bedding would shake a little bit and you'd realise <laughs> she was underneath there. And she was all all the time she was in the house, she was buried under something. And oh. in the evenings she she would like when I'd sit there in the chair knitting, watching the television, she would climb on my lap and get her head underneath my jumper, climb up through my jumper and stick her head out of my <laughs> neck. At the neck of the jumper, and she would watch me knit all evening. Oh, bless. Um, you know, luckily I wore baggy jumpers, but <laughs> but yes, she she was. I mean, we we always said it's not very dog like behaviour, but um, it was certainly quirky. It certainly certainly makes some interesting little dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah. We, we remember her fondly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I think you're right that fostering must be so rewarding it's just you're you're supporting the, the animals and the the people so much it's it's yeah. wonderful but again it's a really vital thing that fosterers sort of do their job and then hand the dog either back or on or you know I think a lot of people you know friends of mine have fostered not in your situation but fostered sort of rescue dogs yeah. and a lot of people have sort of said to them oh can't you keep this one and you think no 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 that's not the point you know if they do they haven't yeah. they can't pass it on to, to have live the life with the family and they can't help another dog it's important isn't it you do, you do need to have right from the outset you do need to have that understanding yes and the charity indeed made us sign legal documents before we started to say that the, these dogs were never our property yes um and that's what you you've got to bear in mind they were never your property it was harder for my husband to hand them back than mm. me because i i had such a long experience in animal rescue but my focus was always on the next animal that needed us yes um but even so you know like my husband would carry them out to the van um place them in their, their little crate in the van and wave them goodbye and start sobbing you know and he'd be yeah. sobbing for the rest of the day but then it was never very long before the phone rang and it, it was like can, can you help this next little dog who, who needs us just as much yes and it was nice occasionally, although not always, the charity would always send a thank you card with a mm. picture of the dog on the front. Oh. And occasionally we'd get a, a, a really touching thank you letter from the dog's actual owner. Oh. Um, and those are very precious things that we keep safe, you know, because she, with as much of a, a life in turmoil and, and, and all the rest of it, she still thought, thought to, to thank us for yeah. keeping her dog safe. Yeah. So she could have him back, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's always about the handing back. It shouldn't be seen as an ending, it should be seen as a, a new beginning. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the start of the beginning of the next foster story. Because you can't take in a foster dog if you've already got one. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, so so yes, yeah. that that that's that's what I would say to anyone thinking about it. You have to put your mind in in, in the understanding that these dogs are not your property. Um if circumstances ever transpired that the dogs weren't going back home, and it did happen a couple of times that they went off to a rehoming centre. I think that the charity 
let us know what was happening. I think they were hoping very much we wouldn't apply to adopt the dogs, but we didn't, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what would happen if we did apply, but uh, but yeah, it only happened on a couple of occasions. The rest of the time they went, they went back. These, these were children's pets, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Much love and um, missed, and yeah, they had. Yeah, and, they were yeah. they were going back home to be with their family. Yeah, yeah. happy ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, and I mean, talking about new beginnings, you mentioned new beginnings. Then now you're looking for a new beginning now of your own. You're looking, you are looking for a dog of yeah. your own, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, we are. We are. We 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 we've decided. You know, the fostering journeys come to an end now, mm. and we've decided that. We would, we're ready for another dog now, for another dog of our own, but it's finding the right one that is proving to be a bit of a challenge. Yes. However, yeah. you know, um, I think our, our, our Chester, who, who we lost, we had him for 11 years um, and he came to us quite by a round, <laughs> roundabout chance sort of way that literally a friend of a friend saw a post of mine on Facebook and she happened to know of a little independent that was desperately trying to relocate this 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 terrier um, because mm-hmm. the foster couldn't keep him and and he looks like such a fun little dog from the photograph i asked you know like is he safe with cats because we, we've usually always got cats around here um and the answer came back yes he's staying with a foster and she has cats herself so we decided to go see him and he was quite some distance from us but even so you know you you, you go to the ends of the earth to the right dog we went to see him, um, and we, we just shoved him in the car and brought him home. Yeah. And we had 11 glorious years. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that something similar might happen, that, that a dog will pass what one of my rescue friends' radar and say, what about this one? And it will be the right one. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. You deserve it. And the dog deserves it as well. So got everything crossed for you. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll, I'll keep you informed about the search. She has informed me that there is now a resident dog in the house again. It's lovely that after being there for all those dogs in need, she now has her own dog at her side again. Thank you for that interview and for all the love, patience and support you gave to the dogs you fostered over the years. That's it for this time. A shorter podcast, I know. Let me know whether you prefer a longer or a shorter podcast. Do you listen while on a walk or in the car or do you listen as you drift off to sleep in bed at night? I often fall asleep to a podcast, and if that's the case for you, I'll just very quietly wish you sweet doggy dreams and say, until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you you can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. Why did the dog resign from his job? The work was too rough. 
I wonder what job he had. Was he a gun dog in a posh hotel? Was he a Labrador man? Was he an actor who played Harry Potter? Was he Spaniel Radcliffe? Did he work in a hospital? Was he a doctor? Could he have had a job being a